welcome back to another episode of Survivor Talks. On this week's episode, I am joined by guest Taylor D to talk about finding love and dating after sexual assault. For those who have been affected by sexual violence, we all know the feeling of withdrawing ourselves from speaking to men due to the trauma inflicted on us. If you have or continue to struggle with this dilemma, this episode's for you. Like always, each episode contains a trigger warning due to recounting survivors' experiences, speaking about mental health, the impact of rape culture, and so much more. If at any point you need to take a break or stop listening altogether, please do so. Hi, um, thank you for having me. I'm Taylor, and I have a blog and Instagram for survivors of sexual assault and violence, as well as abuse and trauma. Um, I also use my platform to help allies of survivors so that they can understand what we're going through. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Taylor, for that. Um, So like Taylor says, she does run a sexual assault call on Instagram. And what is the Instagram handle again? It's sentiments of a survivor. Awesome. So when you guys get the chance, do make sure to follow that. Um, And like I mentioned before, today's episode is going to be about dating after sexual assault and how survivors of sexual assault kind of navigate this journey. So Taylor, um, I'm not sure if you're quite comfortable speaking about this, but as a survivor of sexual assault myself, I did realize um, that avoiding romantic relationships altogether is probably the best path to go to just to avoid another assault happening and I think for people who have been affected by sexual violence there's typically like two paths that they go through it's like oh hey we either avoid romantic relationships altogether or we do seek out to date as a way to like reclaim back our power and like a way to heal so in that circumstance um how do you feel about how did you feel about dating after sexual assault or if you avoided it altogether or if you did date after your experience Yeah, so I kind of have had like mixed feelings about this Um, just throughout the past five or so years. Um, But I was first assaulted at a younger age. And so about a year or so after was when I had my first boyfriend. Um, But I think for me, I it took me a really long time to process and understand what had happened. And so I I didn't really talk about it. So I kind of tried to go in my life as if, you know, things were normal, but I definitely being a survivor and getting into a relationship um, so young, I think it it was a little more detrimental to me. And it was also an abusive relationship. So my first experience, because I was young and I hadn't processed what I had been through, wasn't the best experience. Um, So I kind of went, I've gone different ways throughout the years, but now I am currently in a long-term relationship and um, we've been together for over two years and um, I'm really happy and he's really respectful. So I've kind of gone both ways though. 
Thank you for sharing that with me. Um, so you, like you mentioned, you were in a relationship when you were super young. How old were you? Um, I was 14. So I know, you know, a lot of people date in high school, but I think when you've gone through a lot of trauma and it sets you back and you don't really get a chance to be a kid or you grow up too fast, it kind of pushes that further. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And um, after your your first relationship, um, did you avoid men after that, after your traumatic experience for a long period of time? I wish I had, but I think something that confused me and I really judged myself for, for a while was, you know, it, it goes both ways. So some people like don't go after men or don't have sex after they've been assaulted. But I think for me, um, I, I went the other way and I was very much on like dating sites and, and I wasn't as safe. Um, and, you know, just kind of being a little reckless. And so I think I went the opposite way, but it was an attempt to, you know, reclaim like, oh, I, I'm making this decision. Um, so I think, however, the survivor's feeling, you know, I've definitely gone through other periods though where I was like, even scared to be near men on the street. And so I really tried to avoid them at all costs. But then, you know, a few months later, it could have been going and hanging out with different guys. So um, it's, it's like you've said, healing isn't linear and it can change um, without you really fully understanding why. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you talked about how you wish, uh, how you wish you did avoid um, men and your reckless behavior. So why? I, obviously, the why parts like, oh, hey, I wish I avoided men because, you know, of sexual assault, but you didn't avoid men. So why did you not do that? Yeah, I think for so long, I wanted to just feel normal, like a normal girl my age. And I wanted to be able to date and go out and like have things with guys without it being scary and terrifying. But I think at the same time, I also ignored some parts of myself and some clear red flags that made it so I got in situations later, not that any of them were my fault, but I think for me, I, I just struggled seeing negatives in things because I wanted to feel normal so badly. Um, so I think that's why I regret not, you know, taking time for myself and to heal just because I couldn't see the red flags, but I definitely know there are survivors who can be single and go out and date guys and they can see red flags clearly. And I think that's amazing. I think that just wasn't me. So you talked about a lot about um, 
the red flags and I feel like especially as like young teenagers we not we're not really educated on what a healthy relationship is um, whether it's from our parents or from friends or from school especially um, and I know when I was about I believe maybe 16 17 years old I had um, encountered a man who appeared as a gentleman but he wasn't really um, he was not a gentleman at all and the red flags were there, like my gut feeling was telling me, hey, you know, you should not be um, interacting with this dude at all. He kind of gave off bad, like bad vibes. Um, I still went ahead and he ended up sexually assaulting me, I think a year after we met each other. Um, and then from there, um, I just avoided talking to men as well altogether. Um, I had like this big fear inside my head that I was going to be sexually assaulted again. And this comes from um, a really long experiences for myself where I had a lot of childhood sexual abuse um, growing up. I was raped once, I was sexually assaulted by family members. So he had known about my experiences as well, but I guess his, um, what's it called, his ego and his dominance kind of, um, did not really listen to what I was trying to say. He disrespected my boundaries um, and he ended up being uh, sexually assaulted me. Um, and then from there, after that, I think I started talking to men, I believe like about a, after a long year and I started to date someone and we're still dating. We've been dating for about almost two years now. So just like you and your current partner. Um, and I know for a lot of us, we feel disgusted and we have anxiety, um, which is completely normal to have whenever we spoke to men prior to relationships. So did you ever feel like um, you were feeling just super, like, not as an outsider, I want to say, but did you ever have that um, anxiety lingering in your chest or in your stomach and had butterflies whenever you did speak to men or around them um, whether it was like someone who you knew or in alleyways or at a party or whatever it was yeah um I definitely for a long time I thought all men were bad and I think even in the beginning of the relationship um, with my current partner I like could not trust him even though he didn't give me any reason not to um I I think it just creates so many you know it, it, an inability to trust men and feel safe around them and so to then go into a serious relationship where you're expected to trust someone and feel safe around them it feels weird and foreign at first because you're like not sure and you're you're putting a lot into this other person especially after being hurt in the past so even not with people who were romantic like ro I'm was romantic with um but friends I kind of stopped having guy friends for a really long time because I didn't trust their intentions or because um, for me personally, a lot of my assaults were from people I thought were my friends or um, ex-boyfriends. So it's just 
it's hard to do that again. Um, and then to just, for other people to just expect that from you. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also stopped having a lot of guy friends as well. And I did, I never really had a real relationship. Like my first relationship um, is the one who I'm dating right now. And what makes even things worse was um, after my sexual assault had happened back in 2018 and that period where I stopped talking to men, um, I did have a guy friend and he did match up my current boyfriend and I. And what made things a bit more uneasy for me was the fact that my, um, the dude who has sexually assaulted me in 2018 and my current boyfriend, they actually went to the same school. And I had known around um, previously that he had gone to the same um, high school as my as my abuser just because um, of the friend that had hooked us up. So they had gone to the same high school. And then when I told him that, um, you know, if he had known us, my abuser, he said yes. And it created that long period of anxiety and afterwards I was like, oh, well, you know, this is what he did to me. And there was like this bit of, um, like I felt a bit shame. <laughs> I felt a bit shameful trying to uh, speak about it. Cause I was like, oh my God, like, how is he, how is he gonna react to this? There's, um, my abuser was pretty well known in the school. He was, uh, he was goofy, he went to parties. Um, he was just well known in the community and again, you know, we always hear about this in the news where it's like, oh, here's a track star who got accused of sexual assault, but people are saying that he had grades and he was captain of the track team or whatever. Um, and it led back to that, um, to that fear that was in my head where it's like, what if I don't be believed? What if I don't get believed? And he did believe me, but it kind of just created like this whole string of like, am I expected to tell other people who went to that same school who are in their circle that, um, you know, this one person had sexually assaulted me in my own home? And that leads to, like, a lot of overcoming this fear that's in your brain. And I think our brain is always, like, there's a lot of, like, unintentional or even intentionally, our brain kind of just tells us, like, how to protect ourselves and I think one of the scenarios was like it led to that um but yeah just for you like how did you overcome the fear and how did you um know that okay this is the right person for me and I think he's respectful and he's responsible and he's gonna respect my boundaries and be nice to me and treat me the way he treat me the way I want to be treated um I think for me, it just took time to see that he was going to be there and not leave um, because that was a huge fear of mine. And I was so terrified to even tell him what I had been through because in the past, um, you know, I was told I was too much after waiting a while to open up and having that same fear and then having that fear be reality by saying, wow, okay, no, like I can't handle this. Your trauma is too much for me. Um, and so I think I just really had to be shown that, you know, he was going to stick through it with me, but I also asked um, before we even got serious 
it was a conversation I was terrified to have, but um, I told him that, you know, I have complex PTSD and every day is kind of different and I'm by no means healed. It's gonna be however long and it's gonna be hard, but you know, I wanna make it worth it. So are you here? Will you do that with me? If not, like tell me now. Um, and so I think that was a huge promise to make, but he's showed time and time again that he will keep it. Um, but it definitely has taken, it took me longer than I'd like to admit to really trust him. Um, and he knows that, but I think it takes, you know, just a good person to see you and not just see your trauma. I think that's so beautifully said. I think we, yeah, I think that we do have that fear where it's like, I'm more than my trauma. And are you going to see me as someone who's traumatic and scared all the time? Or are you going to see me as a regular human being? Um, and that just like leads back to me as well, where it's like, you know, that fear of wanting to open up. It's like, you know, eventually they, you're not obligated to share your experiences to anyone, but I feel like giving your partner like a heads up about, you know, your experiences and being like, hey, these are my triggers, these are my boundaries, I'm setting them with you. Um, sometimes I have bad days, sometimes I have good days. Are you in it or are you not? And because we're both dating, um, how does your partner, I'm assuming your partner probably does know about your experiences. And if so, what were their responses? Um, yeah, he does. I think one thing I had to learn not to do was dump like trauma dumping and I think when I finally found someone that like would listen and like believed me I was just you know ready to tell him you know all about me but I definitely see that there were times that it was just too much and you know I had to be like hey are you in a space where I can tell you all this right now or or not all of it, but talk to you about this right now. And I think I just was so excited to have someone that, you know, actually responded in a good way when I told them and didn't ask questions or make me feel like I did something wrong. Um, he just said, you know, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. And that he would be there for me. Um, but he's the only person that I've ever met respond in a way um, that, you know, I think about and I think it's helped empower me. Whereas in the past, I've had people respond and it's, you know, been almost, re not almost, but re-traumatizing at times. And it, it's hard when you trust people and you think they're there for you and then they make you feel the opposite when you confide in them. I completely agree with you. Um, my worst fear was obviously not being believed as well, considering the fact that he had known my abuser and I always thought like, oh, hey, like what if they were best friends at what point, da, da, da. Um, and I had to remind myself that 
you know, entering a relationship for the first time is definitely not going to be easy. I felt like I had trauma dumped him <laughs> um, a lot. And, but it was just like, oh, hey, like I wanted him to make sure that the people that were in his circle or even just like his outside circle did not consist of people who were sexually assaulting or raping or sexually harassing girls, right? Um, and I'm glad that he he did believe me. I felt like there was a lot of panic in him where it's like, oh my God, I know who this guy is, um, da, da, da. but after like I had opened up to him about my experiences, there were a lot of like red flags that started to get identified. Um, and my boyfriend is quite oblivious, like I will say that. Um, I feel like as I was talking to him about my abuser and his friend group and the people who were very misogynistic, were sexist, um, who were just saying the, the most sexually inappropriate things about women came as a surprise to him because he was just really unaware of like sexual violence and domestic violence and abuse in general because these were not things, again, that were really talked about um, in high school. And I think that his friend group was very, very, they're not really involved in um, like talking down on women, but like his extended circle, it was that way. So it did take me a lot of time to speak to him about that. I had known him for about a month, I believe, until I told him that. and. I am glad that he responded the way he did, you know, um, but yeah, my worst fear was just not being believed, and it's like, oh my god, like, I didn't know if I could, if I would, was going to be able to handle that properly, because it's like, oh, here's this guy, and I really like him, and, you know, if I want him to be a part of my life, he's going to have to know about some of these things that trigger me, and the people who he know who are um, sexually abusive, and so on and so forth. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, my boyfriend and I actually went to the same middle school together and um, he very much knows of the person that abused me. And, um, you know, I had to tell him about people that were in that same circle that I wasn't comfortable that like not even he talked to, but that were on his social media or still following. And there was no way for him to know before we started dating. And so um, there were a lot of conversations I had to have and he was really receptive, um, just telling him, you know, these are people I really don't like <laughs> want you to be following or at all interacting with. Um, and this is why, and um, he was really good about that. But I definitely felt it's pretty uncomfortable. You have to almost like have a list and like sit them down. And I, I did like, here are the people, here are my triggers. Like, um, but he was cute. He wrote it all down. <laughs> he wrote all my triggers down and Aww. studied them. And um, he, uh, yeah, he showed me that I didn't have to be terrified to have these conversations like I was um, and that not everyone's going to react in the way that they have for me in the past. Yeah, you spoke about how he was writing down triggers and I think that reminded me of a counseling session I attended and I had to my counselor like, hey, um, like I am very 
like I expect people to know what my triggers are and I expect people to know like how to act around me and how to behave and what to say and what not to say and it wasn't until I took um I went to counseling about a year ago and she had told me that this is not how it works right like if you want people to respect your boundaries you have to place them if you want people to know your triggers you have to say it how it is right you have to tell people hey um I don't appreciate it when you listen to rappers with abusive history don't play that music around me or I don't appreciate it that you're telling a rape joke um don't say it at all and with these triggers in mind I had to openly it was a very uncomfortable conversation first of all with my partner where it was like oh hey these are my triggers I don't want you to listen to this kind of music I don't want you saying this around me um I'm very socially awkward. I don't like big crowds. So I don't like to go to parties. I don't like to go to big family gatherings because of the trigger to me, I'm going to get scared that something's going to happen, right? And again, it kind of just leads back to um, that fear that's going <laughs> to, that's lingering in your mind where it's like, oh my God, when's the next time I'm going to be sexually assaulted? And I've felt that even with the partner, um, that fear has decreased, but it's still there very, very um, it's very sm a very small fear at this point, but that fear is still there where it's like, well, hey, when's the next one going to happen, you know? Um, but yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think um, it's such a hard conversation, especially having to tell your partner like, hey, the behaviors you're actively doing are a trigger to me or things you're saying are triggering to me or... Um, I've gone totally back and forth about the music. Um, I listen to, I personally listen to a lot of rap music and I know that's in there. And I've gone, you know, back and forth. I do my best to not listen to people who are, you know, known sexual abusers, sexual assaulters. Um, but that's definitely, you know, I've, I've had to have some of the same conversations um, and I think it's not something that most people actively think about. And so for us, or a, a lot of survivors, it's, it's something we're more like hyper-focused on, or I definitely feel even in a relationship sometimes with, if I go places without him, it's like, oh, I don't have that safety net, which, you know, kind of sucks at times. Like I want to be able to feel by myself, like I can go out and be safe, but I, you know, haven't in a really long time felt like I could go out with girls, just me and be safe and not the entire time fear, okay, this is gonna happen or go out to a party without him or anything like that. And so I, I get that, it's that same fear that, yeah, um, being in a relationship, there is safety that you feel, but also it can sometimes make you feel less safe, you know, when you rely so much on this other person for safety and then you're out on your own. It's like, okay, like when can this happen? Um, and I have a lot of anxiety in public too. So I totally get that. Yeah. Um, I feel the same way I f I'm very focused on like me being independent but it's like I also need dependency in my life like um especially with my partner where it's like I feel the same way it's like I can't really I'm scared to go to some places um I had 
very slightly overcome that fear in the summer where I started to go on late night walks by myself. But that's like in my neighborhoods, very small neighborhood. Um, nothing, really everything, anything ever happens here, but still that fear is in the back of your mind and you're like looking over your shoulder every five seconds. Um, but yeah, in terms of like, even like just going to the mall or going to school, um, you kind of crave like someone to be there by your side, such as your partner. Um, and just like you, I do have a lot of anxiety as well, where it's like, um, I fear like big crowds and I even fear like places where they have no crowds, such as going out for a walk. It's like anyone can come up and sneak behind you and just violate your body all over again. Um, and that fear, I don't know if it's something that we're both going to overcome. I hope for me and for you that one day we do and we're able to go out and do things by ourselves and go out to the mall by ourselves and go to the park and go for walks. Um, during any time of the day, go out for coffee by ourselves. But I don't know, just personally for me, if that that fear is ever going to go away because you can't help but think like, oh, hey, when's my next one going to happen? Yeah, I um, I definitely feel that. I feel like both of us have definitely come a long way since, you know, before the relationships were in now. And you said, there was a period of time you didn't even speak to men. So like to acknowledge that progress is huge, but I also get it because sometimes, you know, I get too comfortable with just staying home and it, it makes more of this fear to go out. And then you add the fear of assault on top of it. And then it's like, no, okay, maybe I'll just stay home. And instead, I would have wanted to be able to go to a coffee shop by myself later. Or I do walks late at night. Um, I also live in a pretty safe neighborhood, but I am also checking my shoulder every five seconds. Even with my dog, I'm still pretty freaked out. And then it just kind of sucks. Like I would like to, like you said, like be able to have just a nice walk where you're not the whole time like, okay, like I see a man um, like half a mile down there or I see a figure over here. Like I feel like I'm super hyper-focused and um, I want to be able to do things like that by myself, but I think it'll definitely take time. And I think it takes small outings. Like I try to do, I made a mistake by doing it during holiday shopping, but I did go to the mall by myself. Um, and it was really hard for me. I had a panic attack in the car, but I did it. And I, I think it just takes acknowledging like, hey, I did this and maybe I'll do a smaller outing tomorrow by myself, like a day walk or, but it's definitely all about the progress and not it being perfect right away. I agree. It's definitely all about the progress and how much you've, you've come. And I'm glad that you did go to the mall by yourself. Congratulations. That's such a, it's a big step, whether you view it as or not. Um, but yeah, and in terms, again, just tying it back to our relationship before we end things off, has been 
sexually assaulted ever stopped you from being affectionate with your partner, whether it's sexual or not? Yeah, we, that part of our sex life was hard for a little while. I think um, I'm someone that I don't always know and understand why I'm reacting a certain way. And so for me, because I think because of a lot of trauma that has happened and how long it has taken me to process a lot of it, I think it makes, when I get triggered, it I take longer to process that I'm triggered. Um, so sometimes I'm not always aware that I'm like triggered and like exactly why. Um, but I think my boyfriend has done a good job at reading me and seeing my facial expressions and understanding and talking to me like, hey, like, are you uncomfortable? Are you comfortable? Are you in the mood? Are you not? Um, and so, you know, but there was definitely a period of time where I didn't feel like I could be affectionate. Um, but I also felt like I couldn't fully explain why. But looking back at it, I definitely, it has a lot to do with my trauma. Um, and I think he knows that, but we've gone through periods of time where it's been a lot harder for me. Um, and I know that's hard because I want to be able to have a normal relationship and sometimes it feels shitty to have my trauma affect so many aspects of it and it can make me feel just a little hopeless but um, to know that the person you're with is going to support you either way just makes it that much easier. Yeah, it really does. Um, you're talking about the ups and downs in a relationship, and I totally agree with that as well. I feel like um, in the beginning, it was a bit difficult for me because it was like, I'm very big on consent, and I want to be asked um, like if I want to kiss or not, or if I want to kiss on the cheek, or if I want to hug, if it's okay to hold my hand, because these are things that don't quite matter to me. This might seem like, you know, oh, what the heck, like, why do you want me to ask you if holding your hand is okay or why do you want me to ask you if it's okay to give you a kiss right it's like you're my girlfriend but it's like it's not that way with me um like my space and my boundaries it's like so important it's a huge factor part of my life and so is consent so for the longest time in the beginning it was like I needed him to ask me like oh is it okay if he can give me a kiss on the cheek or is it okay if he can give me a hug or we can cuddle or hold my hand and I did feel a little bad because it's like oh, I'm putting so much on you but it's like those are my boundaries and I don't feel guilty for enforcing these boundaries right um and then eventually we did reach a point where you know I was like okay I think I feel comfortable with you um you don't have to ask anymore if you need to hold my hand or if you need to give me a kiss or give me a hug but I have to remind him like several times where it's like I still want you to be mindful of my experiences and I want you to be mindful of what we do whether it's affection like sexually 
um, affectionate or not, that um, consent is a whole lot to me, you know, just because we're making out one moment does not mean I want to have sex or just because we're holding hands doesn't mean I want to sleep with you or whatnot. And it's been like a roller coaster just for like the both of us because I have days or even months where it's like, oh yeah, you know, hold my hand, give me a hug, whatever, let's be like lovey-dovey. And then there's another couple of months where it's like, uh, my trauma kind of just like creeps up on me and then I'm suddenly triggered out of nowhere and I don't know where these triggers come from and I guess it's just her body's way of like kind of reminding us oh hey um, you know you have uh, a long way of a healing journey to go and when these uh, triggers come out of nowhere we go another couple months where it's like oh hey I need you to uh, hold my hand I need you to ask me to hold my hand I need you to ask me if I want affection or not um and it's been an ongoing struggle and sometimes it can be irritating because I don't I want to have a normal healthy relationship just like you mentioned and I want to be a normal person but it's like I think we both know that we are both far beyond normal and there's nothing wrong with being um, a traumatic person filled with so many triggers all the time but I think that just comes with dating a survivor of sexual assault. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think it intimacy is really hard. And I think it can be hard to, um, you know, my partner knowing that like in the past when I was single, it wasn't as hard doing the dating sites and stuff, but then getting in a relationship, it was a little harder. Um but I think there's parts of it that, you know, are, aren't super easy to understand. And for survivors, sometimes being in a relationship is that much more vulnerable and intimate. And so then you add like sexual intimacy on top of being vulnerable and intimate in your everyday life. Um, in a relationship, it can make it harder um and so I think it's all about having those conversations and just them understanding hey today or yesterday I might have been comfortable with this but you know today I'm I'm really not and so it's all about them respecting that and them also feeling like they can tell you how they're feeling too. Yes, Taylor, I agree with everything you said. I think that we you know there's going to be days where we want more intimacy and there's going to be days where we don't. And I think that's part of struggles with dating people like you and me. But, you know, it's definitely a learning journey for everyone to understand that um, there are people who are very traumatic and they want to be able to be understood and their boundaries respected and you know consent again that whole conversation that consent matters a whole lot and on that note um i appreciate you being a guest here and uh, thank you for doing this episode with me on dating after sexual assault and i hope you guys also enjoy the conversation a whole lot